Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Well, today we're in part three of a series that we've been in, as you just learned, on how to get fat. And uh, we trust it has encouraged you and challenged you, stretched you a little bit. And the whole, listen, the whole purpose, because a lot of times when people hear what we're talking about, they're thinking, what in the world is that church preaching over there? Like, man, they have lost their rocker. But the whole goal of this series on how to get fat, it is not about gaining weight. It is all about gaining wisdom. Come on, somebody. How many need some wisdom? And God is more interested in us growing on the inside than he is on the outside. So again, it is not all about our calories as much as it is growing in our character. And that's really what this series has been all about. God wants us to become people of character. And in order to do that, we've got to learn how to get fat. And how do we get fat? We learned week one about the importance of our faithfulness. We talked about living faith-filled lives. We talked about the importance of, of learning to walk by faith and to live by faith and how God often tests our faith in order to grow our character. And then last week, we looked at some of the seven I am's, excuse me, not seven I am's, the seven here I am's that we unpacked and talked about just that whole aspect of being available, where we simply say, God, here I am. I'm available. Use my life. And so last week, we learned about that important characteristic of learning how to be available. And this week, we're going to talk about the whole issue of teachability. We're going to learn the importance of when God wants to build our character, he wants us to have a teachable spirit. So that we can posture ourselves and position ourselves in a way to learn and to grow and become all that he has destined for us to be. I love the story about this um, gentleman who actually was a business owner. And one of the things he owned was this massive steamship. And this steamship, as you can imagine, was this huge vessel and was very dependent upon uh, the steam engine that it, it gained its power from. And one day, unfortunately, the steam engine would not work. And they exhausted everything they knew to do to get the thing cranked back up. And uh, so they could get the, the ship back on the wa- out on the waters. And so uh, to, to literally to, to exhaust all of their efforts, they did all that they could. And then finally kind of hit a wall. And so somebody mentioned about this, this old repairman that lived nearby. And so the, the owner, the, the steam engine, the ship, he said, hey, he said, uh, call that repairman and have him come. It was kind of like their last resort. This little old man, he walks in, his overalls, he had a little small repair kit with him. And so the business owner looked at this repairman, he said, I need you to help me fix this ship. It won't work. We can't get the engine to work. He said, well, he said, where's your boiler room? So they took him down several levels down at the bottom of the ship there in the boiler room. This little man, he walked in, kind of looked around all of the maze of pipes twisting and turning all over the place. Kind of listening to the steam as the steam was kind of whistling, making these loud noises as it was escaping steam from the, from the pipes. And, and all of a sudden he heard all these sounds and noises and and after a few moments he kind of just thought to himself and then he reached down into his little repair kit and he pulled out a little small hammer and after a few moments he took that little small hammer and he tapped a little red valve and I mean within seconds that steam engine it cranked up I mean it started purring like a kitten I mean, it worked perfectly. And all of the people standing around, especially the business owner, the man who owned this large vessel, they were all amazed. And they were so excited. And so the businessman, he said, I tell you what, sir, thank you for your time. He said, send me a bill. Let me know what I owe you. About 10 days later, the guy gets his bill. It was for a thousand bucks. 
And the business owner, he was beside himself. He was outraged. He couldn't believe this repairman who hadn't spent but about 15 minutes down in that boiler room actually had the audacity to send him a bill for a thousand bucks. And so the business owner, he, he sent the, the repairman a note and said, I want you to submit to me an itemized invoice of why I owe you a thousand bucks. So the guy sent him an itemized invoice. And when the business owner opened it up, it only had two items listed. Item number one was a charge for 50 cents. The reason why there was 50 cents charge is because he tapped the red valve. The second item was $999.50. And that item read... Knowing where to tap. You know what you call that? That's called wisdom. And aren't you thankful that God has a way of bringing people into our lives? God has a way of showing us where to tap in life. And the only way that we can learn how to tap in the right place when it comes to all the complexities and the challenges and Really, the hardships that come with life, and it could be maybe a marriage relationship or a financial situation or a dilemma that we face. It could be maybe just, you know, circumstances or, or maybe just opportunities. And maybe sometimes we're kind of in this place of not knowing what to do or how to go about doing it. But as long as we have a teachable spirit, God will lead us, God will show us, or he'll bring people into our lives to show us where to tap. To gain wisdom, to gain understanding, to gain the kind of knowledge and discernment we need to make wise decisions. And so today we're, we're talking about the importance of having a teachable spirit. Because if we're going to get fat, in other words, we're going to learn how to be faithful, available, and teachable. If we're going to learn how to grow bigger on the inside than we are on the outside and grow in our character, then we've got to learn the importance of having a teachable spirit. And why is a teachable spirit so important? Because quite honestly, you know, you don't hear a lot of people talking about having a teachable spirit, right? And so often, if we, if we even refer to having a teachable spirit, a lot of times we will often refer to children that they need to listen and obey, that they need to have a teachable spirit. But we as adults, right, we need to also have a teachable spirit. So why is it important for us to have a teachable spirit? Well, the first is this, and I'm just going to quickly hit on a couple of things, and then I'm going to unpack some more important truths when it comes to the application, and that is this. Here's why a teachable spirit is so vitally important. Number one is to be likable. To be likable. <laughs> there is nothing more annoying than being around a person who is filled with pride, ego, just obnoxious with themselves. You know that, that kind of that hard-headed, know-it-all type of person? How many of you know somebody like that? You know, just that, that, that know-it-all, you know, that, that kind of hard-headed person, personality. We all know people like that. Just another question I'm curious about. How many of you are sitting next to that person? No, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Got to be wise. But here's the deal. Proverbs 15, verse 12 says it this way. The know-it-all never esteems the one who tries to correct him. He refuses to seek good advice from the wise. So it's important that we learn to have a teachable spirit simply because if we want to be likable, in other words, if we want people to be drawn to us, there is nothing more appealing, more attractive than somebody who has a disposition of humility. Somebody who just has that teachable spirit. Somebody that just seems to kind of have that, that spirit about them that you just admire and appreciate. But another reason why it's so important that we have a teachable spirit is also because it allows us to become wiser. You know, one of the things that... I think that's interesting when you look at all the technology and the information that we have at our fingertips. I mean, this thing right here, you think about it. There's not much that we don't have access to. And yet, at the same time, we live in a world 
that is absolutely drowning in information and yet starving for wisdom. Did you hear that? Drowning in information, yet starving for wisdom. And if there's one thing that I pray for my life, for all of you, I mean, for my family, children, I pray for wisdom. I, I want wisdom. Where does wisdom come from? Listen, wisdom doesn't necessarily come from, you know, YouTube or, you know, TikTok or, you know, all the stuff. There's some good stuff out there. But listen, wisdom comes from God. And if you want to gain in wisdom, if you want to gain in understanding, if you want to gain the truth that comes from God, then we got to seek God. We've got to pursue God. We've got to get into the Word of God because wisdom comes from God. If you want to know the will of God, get into the Word of God because the Word of God will give you the wisdom of God. So it's so important that we realize that gaining wisdom is so vital to the health of our life, but also to the success of our life to help us live victorious the way God intended for us to live. It's interesting that often is cons- King Solomon is often considered the, the wisest man who ever lived, perhaps next to Jesus, obviously. And yet, the one thing that King Solomon, who was the son of King David, the very first thing that King Solomon asked God for when he took over the throne from his father, King David, the very first thing he asked God to do was to give him wisdom. He could have asked God for anything, but instead he asked for God to give him wisdom and understanding on how to lead the people of Israel. He wanted wisdom to know what to do and how to do it. We need that in our lives. We need wisdom when it comes to how to have a healthy, strong, vibrant, successful, flourishing marriage and family. We need to know that when it comes to knowing maybe the right career path to take. Those fork of the road decisions that maybe we find ourselves you know, facing. We need, to, we need wisdom to make wise decisions and choices. Things related to our finances, you know, our health, you know, just friendships, relationships, the people that we surround ourselves with. Hey, we need wisdom. So if we're going to be attractive, if we're going to be likable, if we want wisdom in our lives, then we've got to have a teachable spirit. Proverbs 15, verse 32 says it this way. Refusing constructive criticism shows you have no interest in improving your life. For revelation insight only comes as you accept correction and the wisdom that it brings. So, if we want a teachable spirit, then we've got we to learn the importance of growing in wisdom. Because a teachable spirit... One of the benefits is not only being likable, but it's also growing in wisdom, becoming wiser. Number three, the third benefit is this. It's having less conflict. <laughs> it's interesting to me that most people, if you think about it, who are always in some kind of a conflict, they're in strife of some kind. I don't care if it's a relationship, a friendship, just a coworker, something going on. There is just some people that it just seems like conflict and chaos follows them everywhere they go. It's kind of like, you know, if, if, if John has a problem with Paul and Susie has a problem with Paul and Mark has a problem with Paul and Mike has a problem with Paul, and Anne has a problem with Paul. Paul might be the problem. But some people, just, they don't get it. They don't ever connect the dots. You know what I'm saying? And here's what the scripture says. The scripture says in Proverbs 13 verse 10, Wisdom opens your heart to receive wise counsel. But pride closes your ears to advice and gives birth only to quarrels and strife. Listen, you show me somebody who's always got drama going on in their world, always in conflict, always got an issue, 
You show me somebody like that, chances are that is a person who has issues with pride. It is, it is an issue that is not open to not only correction, but just open to wisdom and sound advice, counsel. Because some people are only hurting themselves simply because they refuse to embrace feedback, to embrace wisdom that others want to share. And at the end of the day, conflict is I want what I want, you want what you want, and you stand your ground until you get your way. Well, we only ask for problems, and that's the reason why the book of James t- talks to the importance. Hey, hey, the reason why we have so many quarrels and issues and conflicts going on in our world is simply because of our own selfish desires. And so here's the key. The benefits of having a teachable spirit not only allows us to be likable and grow in wisdom, but also allows us to have less conflict in our lives. How many of you know somebody who just struggles with this issue of conflict? Kind of like the little boy. He was in church with his mom, and he just got really, really loud and obnoxious. And so his mom, who was trying to be sensitive to those around, she, everything, this little boy kept standing up in his seat. And every time he would stand up in his seat, his mom would kind of grab him by the shoulder and push him back down on the seat. A couple of minutes later, he'd be back up on his feet, standing in t- on top of the seat. And people were kind of turning around, and kid was drawing a lot of attention. And so she would reach over, and she'd push him back down on his seat. This happened multiple times. Finally, the last time he stood up on his feet, his mom, she, he, she looked at him, and she said, I want you right now to sit down. I want you to be quiet. Little boy sat down, and all of a sudden he looked up at his mom, folded his arms. He said, I may be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. <laughs> There's a lot of people like that. You know what I'm saying? They're just hard-headed, and they refused to submit their will. And as a result, they're always in conflict. So, with all that to say, how can we develop this posture? How do we develop this teachable spirit, this teachable heart? One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Samuel and his mentor by the name of Eli. And if you have your Bibles or you want to follow along in the notes, I want you to follow along with me. 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're going to look just at a few verses of scriptures here. I'm going to just really, from a, from a take-home perspective, from an application, action step you know, that we can apply to our everyday life when it comes to this particular story. I think this is an incredible story that we can all learn when it comes to the benefit and most importantly, really the impact that we can have on other people's when it comes to really having that teachable heart and spirit. And here's what it says, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. And once again, Eli, he was, the, he was the, the priest at the time. He was the one who was representing God. He was the one who was in charge of the temple. And the one who basically was the, the one who was authorized to go into the Holy of Holies, which is that, that opportunity once a year where they could walk into and be in the presence of God. And so in this situation there, in the tabernacle, there also was a a room just outside of that inner room, if you will, that only Eli was was permitted to, to actually go inside of, but on the outside were some of the other prophets and those who were who were kind of the the mentees, if you will, of Eli. And one of those was Samuel. And so in the scripture it says these, these words. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. And now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare. And visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. And suddenly... suddenly The Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what what is it? He got up, he, he ran to Eli and said, here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied, go back to bed. And so he did. 
the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Well, Samuel did not know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. And so the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called as before. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. One of the things that's so powerful about this, and I think that we can all apply to our lives, and really what we need to ask God for when it comes to this teachable spirit that we're talking about, is to have what Samuel had. And the first is this. We need to ask God to give us a humble spirit. You know, most believe that Samuel was probably somewhere around 12 years at the age. In this moment, where God revealed to him, where God directly spoke to Samuel. And oftentimes when we think about hearing from God, when we hear maybe the voice of God, so often we think that maybe only God speaks to adults, you know, to to people who are much older, maybe more seasoned. And here was Eli. Eli was... He was, he was a, a priest. He was a minister. He was, he was the one who was in charge. He was God's man, so to speak. And so you would think that it would only be Eli that God would speak directly to. And yet here was this young boy that God spoke specifically to. You know what that tells me? That tells me that God isn't necessarily interested or necessarily impressed by the age of our years, but more importantly, by the condition of our heart. He wants to know, do we have a teachable spirit? Do we have a humble heart? In other words, do we have that childlike faith that's willing to put, put our complete trust and dependency upon God? Are we willing to listen and are we willing to obey and are we willing to hear what it is that God is trying to say to us? Because in order to do that, we need a teachable, humble spirit. Here's the thing that's interesting. Samuel heard the voice of the Lord, and as a result, because he had a listening ear, because he had a teachable spirit, because he had a willing heart, he simply went to the Lord and said, here I am. Here I am. Your servant is listening. You know, I think most of us, we have one or two options. We can either be teachable or we can be unreachable. And there are just some people, for whatever reason, it's almost as though they're unreachable. And the reason why is because they're unteachable. Because they are bent on doing it their way. They, they see things only from their perspective. They only want to hear what they want to hear. They only want to do what they want to do. And as a result, over time, they become almost unreachable. Why? Because they're unwilling to listen and to learn and to, to, to receive knowledge and insight and wisdom. And as a result, they hit a lid and they never reach their full redemptive potential. They never, listen, they never reach who they could become Reason why is because they refuse to listen to the wise counsel, either from God or from other people, that God brings into their life. And so we just need to pray and ask God, God, give me a humble spirit. You know why? Because humility requires maturity. Humility requires maturity. One of the things that's so important that we realize is that we have to be willing to swallow our pride if we're going to have a teachable spirit. If we're going to be humble before the Lord, 
if we're going to walk humbly before God and before other people, then we've got to be willing to swallow our pride. We've got to be willing to let go of our own selfish will and our own selfish ways and be willing to follow God's will and God's way for our lives. Because here is the bottom line when it comes to this whole issue of maturity and humility in our lives is this. If we're filled with pride, pride is also a sign, it really at the root of it, is an issue of insecurity. And so in other words, we want to live our lives the way we want to live our lives because a person who is filled with pride is a person who thinks they're in control. And the person who wants to be in control and who thinks they're in control is basically saying, I am a God and you are not. I'm going to call the shots because I know what's best. You know, we've all seen people who, again, they have that know-it-all spirit. And because of that know-it-all spirit, they only hurt themselves. And they also oftentimes hurt the people around them. And the reason why is because they're on the ride of pride. Can I encourage you today to think about... Maybe those issues that we have in our heart that we wrestle with. Because at the end of the day, pride, the Bible says, comes before what? A fall. And Satan wants nothing more than for us to fall and to trip and to embarrass ourselves, to to create a poor testimony, to, to cause problems in our lives. And here's the thing that I just, listen, I've seen this many, many times over the course of all of these years working with so many people and honestly just learning in my own life. I've learned that there is a time when somebody can have a problem, they can have an issue, and sometimes at the root of the problem, the root of the issue is nothing but pride. And they'll make one bad decision after another. Or they will alienate themselves from various people who are only just trying to help them. And yet they'll make one bad decision after another. And here's the issue and here's the problem. Their problems become a pattern. And whatever you do, don't allow the issue or the problem of pride to become a pattern in your life. And oftentimes it's easier to see from the outside looking in than it is to often see looking at ourselves in the mirror. But at some point, we have to be willing to look at ourselves in the, mil- in the mirror and humble ourselves and be teachable and simply swallow our pride, humble ourselves before God's mighty hand. And the Bible says if we will humble ourselves before God's mighty hand, He will lift us up. Not in a prideful way, but in a spiritual way that allows us to walk in a spirit of humility because we have a teachable heart. And that's exactly what Samuel had. He had a humble spirit. In Psalm 25, verse 9, it says it this way. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. Again, God is more interested in growing our character than anything else because he wants us to take on the character of Christ he wants us to conform into the image of Christ he wants our lives your goal and my goal he wants us to reflect Jesus in every area of our lives and Jesus did what he humbled himself even to the death of a cross so think about it One of the ways of having a teachable spirit is by simply asking God to give us a humble spirit. Number two is this. God wants us not only to have a humble spirit, but he wants us to have an obedient heart. You know, because Samuel had a humble and teachable spirit, here's the thing. He was able to hear the voice of God. And when he heard the voice of God, he had an obedient spirit. Heart to do whatever it is that God was speaking to him about. You know, one of the things that um, I heard many, many years ago that really impacted me was a story of a gentleman who 
uh, visited at a church one time, and uh, he was he was first time visitor. He, he came into the service and you know took a seat and took in the whole experience. And and uh, at the end of the service, the pastor, uh, kind of like what I do, I, I like to go out and you know shake hands and hang out with people. And so the pastor uh, made himself available. He was hanging out there at the door. And so uh, at the end of the service, the pastor was at the door. And this first time visitor, he walked by the pastor. Listen, he walked by the pastor and he took out his, his hand to shake his hand. And he looked at the pastor and he said, the answer is yes. Now what's the question? And the guy literally just walked off. Just walked away. Pastor thought to himself, who is that guy? I mean, the guy literally just said, Pastor, the, the answer is yes. Now, what's the question? The dude bolted. Pastor was so confused. He said, man, that was weird. Very next Sunday, same dude showed up. Right after the service, pastor's out the door. Guy walked up to the pastor, put out his hand. Pastor shook his hand. The man said, Pastor, the answer is yes. Now, what's the question? Dude bolted. Walked away again. Second week in a row. Pastor started, you know, asking some people, like, hey, y'all know who this guy is? This guy came to church the last couple of weeks. He comes up to me and said, hey, Pastor, the answer is yes. What's the question? He bolts. Who, who is this guy? Thought he'd like, you know, a few short French fries from a Happy Meal, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was like, man, what, what is up with this guy? Third week happened, exact same situation. Guy walks up, pastor, the answer is yes. Now, what's the question? Finally, the pastor, he was dying of curiosity. So he finally figured out who the guy was, was able to get his contact information, and was able to follow up. They set up a time to get together for coffee. So the guy sits down, pastor introduces himself, He's like, man, I've noticed you've been coming to church very faithful the last few weeks. And he said, uh, I've noticed you come by, you, you shake my hand, you, you say something very interesting, and then you leave. And he said, I'm just curious, what do you mean when you say, Pastor, the answer is yes, but what's the question? And you leave. And all of a sudden, that man, he said, Pastor, he said, if you only knew the life that I used to live. He said, if you only knew the mess that I was in, if you only knew how hurt and how, how bad my life experiences have been. He said, I've learned through years of addiction, through years of hardship and trials and challenges in my life. He said, Pastor, he said, I finally came to that place where I was willing to submit my life to God. And one day, in the middle of a prison cell, he said, I simply said to God, when I laid it all before him, I said, God, the answer is yes. Now what's the question? I am willing to do whatever you want me to do. Be whoever you want me to be. Go wherever you want me to go as long as I am obedient to your plan and your purpose and your will for my life. And so the guy took on that posture. And the pastor looked at him and he said, I had no idea what you meant. He said, but that is exactly the way God wants us all to be. To live our lives in such a way to our response and our posture is simply, God, the answer is yes. Now what's the question? And my question to you is this. How many of you have heard God speak to you? How many of you perhaps have been reading your Bible or a devotional and you just sense in your spirit God is speaking to you in a very real personal way? Maybe God is leading you a certain direction. Maybe God is, maybe God is just putting something in your heart or in your spirit and you know it, you sense it, you sense the voice of God and you know God is speaking just like Samuel. He heard the voice of God. But the bigger question is, it's one thing to hear the voice of God and to know that God is speaking. The bigger question is are we willing to say yes God yes now what's the question and some of us here in this room maybe God is again speaking and are we willing to be obedient to what it is he's leading us to do and that could be anything 
And we got to ask ourselves the question, are we willing to act in obedience? Are we willing to have an obedient heart to swallow our pride, to have a humble spirit, to embrace wisdom, to have this teachable spirit so that God can use us to do what he wants us to do, to be who God wants us to be, to fulfill God's greater plan and purpose for our lives. Because the only way that we can do that is by not only hearing the voice of God, but obeying the voice of God. You remember last week we talked about Abraham. We talked about a number of different stories. And even week one, we talked about Abraham as one of our key characters. And one of the things we learned is that God has a way sometimes of testing our faith, right? And one of the ways that he grows our character is by testing our faith. Remember the story where Abraham, his one and only son, he had waited for you know, 25 years after, the, after God told him that he was going to be a father of, of many nations. And, and after that promise was confirmed in his heart, he still had to wait 25 years before the birth of his son. Here he was, way up in age, and yet his dream finally came to a reality when his son Isaac was born. And the very first thing that God said, he said, I want you to take your son, your one and only son, and I want you to put him on the altar and sacrifice your son. Man, you can only imagine what Abraham went through. And yet it was not only did he hear the voice of God, but in his heart he was willing to act on it and be obedient. And because God tested his faith to see the willingness and the obedience of his heart, to see whether or not Abraham could be trusted. Abraham is one of the great patriarchs of the faith. In fact, he is now as we look at all of history, we look at all of biblical history, he is the father of our faith when it comes to everything that God started through the seed of Abraham. Think about it. So you think about a teachable spirit, it begins with having a humble heart. It begins by asking God to, to give us an obedient heart to do what, he, what he's leading us to do, what he's speaking to our heart about. But number three, it's having a listening ear. So it's a humble spirit, it's an obedient heart, and it's a listening ear. First Samuel 3, 10, it says it this way, And the Lord came and called as before, again the third time, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. You know, my prayers for you and for myself and for all of us, when we look ahead of 2024, look at all the incredible opportunities that God has in front of us. Look at your current situation. Look at your circumstances. Let me ask you a question. Are you listening? Are you listening? My prayer for you is this. Say to God, God, give me ears to hear. Give me eyes to see what it is that you want me to do. God, give me a listening ear to be attentive to your spirit, to attentive to your will, attentive to your ways. God, help me, Lord, in, in the midst of all the noise and all the chaos and all the distractions and everything going on in my life and in my world. That's the reason why God said, listen, be still, be still. And no, I'm God. It's practicing his presence, his abiding presence each and every day, as John 15 teaches us. As we're the branches, Jesus is the vine. As long as we stay connected with him, we abide in his presence. We practice his presence. Listen, then and only then can we have that listening ear, knowing his voice, discerning his voice. Just like a sheep knows the voice of his shepherd. Do you know the voice of God? Do you know when he's speaking? And if you hear him speaking, are you listening? Because we all know, hey, you can hear, 
what somebody is saying, but are we listening to what they're saying? We hear the voice of God, but are we listening to what he's saying to our lives? And so this year is huge. When you think about everything in front of us, when you think about our career, our relationships, our friendships, when you think about the choices, the decisions that we have to make in the months ahead, when you think about all the important things that could make us or break us, we need wisdom. We need to have a teachable heart, teachable spirit. Listen, we need to, to walk in a spirit of humility, embrace wisdom, advice, surround ourselves with wise people. The Bible says there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Be open to counsel. Be open to feedback. You know, I, I, I pray and I want that for my life. Listen, we, nobody's, nobody's that good. Nobody. You're not. I'm not. None of us are. And that's the reason why it's important that we get into small groups. The reason why next Sunday we're starting our life group season. A fall semester. Excuse me, a spring semester of small groups that allows us to be able to do life with people. Why? Because we can, we can go further, faster in our lives spiritually when we surround ourselves with other people who can walk with us, who can speak into our lives, who can not only hear the challenges and we can share with one another, but we can gain wisdom and insight from other people who maybe have walked where we're going and maybe who've been there and done that. Maybe they've learned some difficult lessons. Maybe we can learn from other people's success as well as their failures. And, and oftentimes we will find things in a life group, in a small group of people as we're doing life with one another that can be a complete game changer all because of the wise counsel or advice that somebody gives us and because of the truth that we're able to apply from God's Word. And so if you are not connected in a small group, I want to encourage you to connect. Give it a shot. We're going to make things as simple as we possibly can. Starting next Sunday, we're doing a six-week spiritual growth campaign. Here's what we're calling it. We're calling it Dream Builder. And what we're going to be learning is we're going to be learning how to have the life you've always wanted to have. Do you realize that God has a dream for your life? And the only way that you can live out God's dream for your life is to understand the purpose that he has for you. That's why we're starting starting point because it's an opportunity once again for people to understand that divine design to help understand how they can discover the unique plan and purpose that God has placed us on this earth to fulfill. And it doesn't matter what vocation you may have in life. Listen, God has a plan and he has a purpose and he wants to use you and he's planted you right where he needs you to fulfill his greater purpose. And you know what? Then and only then can we really fulfill the dream. Some of us have dreams in our hearts. Some of us have a dream and an aspiration and a vision, and we want to see that vision become a reality. Well, hey, here's the key, the key to building that dream, not for our kingdom, not for our benefit, but for the benefit and the purpose for advancing the kingdom of God through our lives and to see our lives flourish and to live out that abundant life that Jesus came to give. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and experience it to the full. The only way that we can experience the fullness of God is to know the plan and the purpose, purpose of God. Because when we hear and know and understand the dreams of God that he has for our life, then and only then can the light bulb be turned on and we begin to see and understand on how to walk in his will and walk in his ways and experience the very best that he has for our lives. And so I want to encourage you to join us in a six-week journey. Give it a shot. Just try it. See what God will do. And do it in the context of a small group. This Wednesday, we're going to do another live Zoom call where I'm going to be walking through and talking through some things to help set you up for success. Just giving you some tips, some ideas, some ways that you can 
form a group. And so it can be an activity group. It can be a topical group that we're going to be studying together. But regardless, I don't care if you're doing basket weaving. I don't care if you're, if, you're, if you're playing soccer or if you're gathering in a coffee shop or in somebody's family room. Get together with a group of people and let's, her to, let's learn how to build God's dreams and let's let, learn how to live out God's dream for our lives because we are better, we're healthier, we're stronger together. Men, where are my men? Look at me. Men, We're starting a movement. And my prayer is that God will raise up an army of men. We're calling it, you ready for this? Brotherhood. Because we need, listen, to band together as a band of brothers. And we're going to be, listen, men of impact in our workplace, in our homes, in our community. Listen, I believe that God wants to raise up the men of Rethink Life. And he wants to form a brotherhood. Listen, he wants us to... Listen, he wants us to find strength and wisdom and encouragement from one another. That's the reason why we're going to be starting next Friday from 6.30, listen, to 8 o'clock sharp. We're going to get you out the doors and get to work. But I'm telling you, it's going to be an opportunity where you as men are going to be filled up. You're going to be empowered. Listen, you're going to be given the tools, everything you need for us to grow together and become the mighty men of God that he's called us to be, men of impact. So listen, let's do what God is putting in front of us. In order to do that, we've got to be people who are faithful. We've got to be people who are available. And we've got to be people who are teachable. Because the best way to get fat is to get bigger on the inside than on the outside. God wants to grow our character, and he wants us to be all that God has created us to be. Listen, God wants to do something great in and through our lives. He wants us to get fat in 2024. Amen? So, how do we spell fat? We spell it faithful, available, teachable. That's how we do it. Faithful, available, teachable. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the greatest example of all, the life of Jesus, who lived his life. In such a way that he humbled himself even to the point of a cross. Taking on the form of a servant. And humbling himself to die a sinless death upon a cross. So that our sin could be forgiven. So that we could have a new beginning in life. To experience the hope and the purpose and the fulfillment that you, God, long for us to experience. And God, thank you that that is even possible because of not only what Jesus did on the cross, but because of the fact that three days later he came back to life. And the same power that rose Jesus out of that grave is available to our lives today. To help change and transform us. To help us become all that you've destined really for us to be. As your sons and daughters. So Father, today we ask that you would give us a teachable spirit. God, that you would allow us to humble ourselves. God, that you give us an obedient heart. That our response is yes. Now, what's the question? God, give us a sensitive ear to not only hear what you're saying, but to listen to what you're saying to us. May our posture be, God, here I am. Your servant is listening. So, God, I pray that you give us ears to hear, eyes to see. 
God, show us your will. Show us your way. And God, I pray as we learn to embrace wisdom. And God, we're able to apply that wisdom into our lives. God, that we, Father, would be a shining light. Lord, that we would be able to reflect Jesus in every area of our lives, in our workplace, in our schools, in our community, in our homes, in our marriages. God, God, help us to be faithful and available and teachable. And if there are those of you here today who may not have a relationship with God, maybe you're watching online and you're listening today and you're thinking, man, I need that. Maybe pride has been holding you back. Maybe pride has caused you to learn some painful lessons. Maybe kind of like the prodigal son who maybe just, maybe you're kind of in that place of just saying, I want to do it my way, but yet your way has not worked. And that pattern has repeated itself over and over from one marriage to another, from one financial mistake to another, from one bad friendship to another. From one bad relationship to another. And maybe it's God's way of saying, hey, your will and your way is not the best. God has a better plan. He has a better way. He has a greater purpose. And that purpose can only be experienced through a relationship with Jesus. And if that's your need today, and today you would like to receive Jesus as your Savior, to receive His forgiveness, And to establish a relationship with him, would you be willing to pray this prayer from the depth of your soul today? To say, dear God, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. I turn from my sin. Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross and you rose again. And by faith, I invite you into my life to forgive me, to save me, and to change me. Thank you, Jesus for saving my soul. As our heads are bowed and our ears are closed and the ones looking, if you prayed that prayer there online or in the room, hey, would you let me know if you prayed that prayer here in the room by just holding up your hand high toward heaven today saying, yes, count me in. I just prayed that prayer and I'm ashamed to admit it. Anybody else? Just say, hey, count me in. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we thank you for, God, what you've done in our hearts today. And God, I pray that we'll leave here Lord, learning how to apply what we've heard, that we'll be doers of your word, not just hearers only. And God, I pray that this year of 2024 will be a year of wisdom and growth. Lord, impact, expansion in our lives far beyond anything we could have ever possibly imagined. God, we give you praise and glory for all that you've done and all that you're going to continue to do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.